Hi, and welcome to Adventures in Slightly Above Average Parenting. I'm Max's mom, the artist formerly known as Candace, your guide into B-minus parenting and the wonderful lessons we learn along the way. I hope this week was filled with amazing adventures that left you laughing, hopefully not too many tears, and minimal sniffles during this crazy fall cold and flu season. I know over in our house, Max was sick, Max's mom was sick, Max's dad was sick, so it's been a crazy, crazy week over here. Um, in this week's adventure, we're going to laugh about one of life's crazy bleachable moments. Yeah, one of those. In our Bonding with the Book segment, we're going to explore a book that helps our kids learn how to deal when things aren't as easy as they think it should be. And in our Parenting Toolbox segment, I'm going to offer a little suggestion that you can keep in your pocket and whip out in your rides and you and your littles will enjoy it because trust me, my little and I enjoy it. So let's not waste any time and just jump right into life's bleachable moments. Bad time for little ones can be a magical time. Depending on the house will depend on how fancy it is, but the core is typically the same. There's a tub full of water, a happy child splashing, giggles and memories, soaked parents and wet floors. Our house was no different. We had bubbles. There weren't any essential oils for all you fancy parents out there that set the mood in the tub. There was always Hot Wheels and there were always those floating alphabet that you could stick to the wall. You know, you, you maximize your time. Alphabet recognition and word recognition and all that jazz while we're playing. In addition to that, we also spent a lot of time singing and often reading while we were in the tub. While bath time became Max's favorite time of the day, it also became one of mine. Even though I knew I needed to wear clothes that were going to be soaked at the end of the day, even though I knew I was going to spend a few minutes mopping the floor afterward, I didn't mind because it was a great time had by both of us. And each day he was happy and I was happy and it went on without incident until that day. It was a day like every other day. He's in there happy, walking around in the tub, splashing, finding letters, picking them up, and rooming his cars. He would say, mommy, blah, 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 and I would respond, and we'd sing a song, and we'd splash the water. But one time, he stood up, and he walked forward in the tub and reached down to pick up something. That something was a Hot Wheel. It was a red one that he loved to play with. He reached down to get the red Hot Wheel, and I heard a plop. I was really confused. He, both of his hands were in front of him, but there was this plop. And then he stood up, and then there was another plop. What just happened? I was completely freaking out. Like, what just happened? What just happened? And then I realized what had just happened. My kid had just pooped in the tub. I, I really, 
<laughs> like I can laugh about it now, but I really did not know what to do with that moment. I was completely freaking out. Where was it? There are bubbles everywhere. There are bubbles everywhere. There are floating alphabet. There are cars everywhere. What do you do? Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what do I do? I snatch Max out of the tub. Now let me stop right here and put a pause in the story. I'm going to go ahead and add the disclaimer that I've never claimed to be the smartest parent. I'm not, not even close. I snatch the kid out of the tub and I sit him on the toilet. I don't know why he's already taking a dump in the toilet, on, in the tub. So what difference does it make if he's sitting on the toilet? But that is what my instincts told me. And I'm sitting here looking at the tub like, oh my gosh, there's poop in the tub with the toys in the water. Put the boy on the toilet. That makes sense. Well, what do you do next? You've got to figure out where the poop is. So I, in my infinite wisdom, grabbed toilet paper, wrapped it around my hand, and stuck it in the water, fishing for the poop. Yeah, I know. I know what happens to toilet paper when it gets wet. But I was not thinking clearly. I had become irrational. I had never imagined that there would come a time where my kid would poop in the tub and I would need to get it out. So here I am with wet tissue in the bubble full tub, fishing around. Yeah, I know, I made a bigger mess, but you would think I would have learned from that. Nah, I went back for more tissue and then I really started freaking out because now I have all of this broken up tissue in the tub with the letters and the cars and the poop and the bubbles and I don't know what I'm doing. The child is still sitting on the toilet, just sitting there kicking his legs as happy as a lark. And mom is unhinged. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I then empty the tub. Yep, just drain the water. That sounds like a great idea. Water's going down but there's still bubbles. I've got to wait for the bubbles to go down. And what about the toys? Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. So I commenced to trying to fish the toys out. Again, still with my bare hands. This is like the grossest thing ever. Fishing them out. And what do you do with toys that have been in poop water? You don't wash them, you just throw them away. So now I have a screaming child who's watching me throw away his toys that's naked sitting on the toilet for no reason other than his mom completely freaked out. Yeah, as I look back at that, I just, that wasn't my finest moment, but this is why I may be minus parent. That day might've been a C minus, but whatever, we survived. Um, I took him as the water is draining because I'm still trying to figure out how I'm gonna get all of this out of the tub. And I realized I have to get this kid in some clothes because he's sitting here naked and I don't know what to do. So now I'm like, but wait, he's been in poop water. What do I do? All right, wash him up. So now the sink is running water. Water's coming out of the tub. There are bubbles. I still don't know what to do about the situation in there. Take a time out, you know, breathe. So I wash him up and get him dressed and I put him to bed and I'm sitting there looking at this bubble toy madness that I'm going to have to deal with and I still don't know what to do. I've got an idea. Get some rubber gloves, scoop 
everything into the garbage, the Hot Wheels, the letters, the tissue, everything. Just kind of get a plastic bag and scoop it all up and just throw it in the garbage. Yes, I know I could have washed all the toys. Yes, I know they could have been disinfected. But again, who's thinking clearly in the middle of this madness? Now, I told you earlier that there was these commercials called Life's Bleachable Moments. And I used to think that they were really, really funny until this moment. I had tears in my eyes because I did not know what to do. I was like, how does your kid do this? There's something wrong with your parenting. Obviously, you missed the day in the parenting class that covered this, but... No one's ever told me that this was going to happen other than the funny commercial, which I thought was made up. So I just went along with it. So here I am, rubber gloves, plastic bag, scooping everything in the garbage. Yes, the letters that were stuck to the wall did not need to go in the garbage. Yes, they did go in the garbage because, again, I was not thinking clearly. Why not? So I threw everything in the garbage, but then there's the thing of the tub. Like I still am scooping out small pieces of the wet toilet paper that I so brilliantly put in there to fish out his unexpected gift. But now I have to disinfect it because we all have to get back in that thing. So I'm thinking life's bleachable moments. Go get some bleach. So I've got a gallon of bleach. But bleach doesn't feel like it's going to be enough because, you know, this is extreme. So I grab bleach ammonia, vinegar, and Clorox. Yeah, I use them all at the same time. I already told you I don't claim to be the most intelligent person on the planet. I mean, I'm not the dull knife in the drawer, but I'm definitely not the sharpest after this situation. So I'm, I've stopped up the tub again now because I need it all to soak because, you know, the tub needed to soak right so i put water in there just a little i pour an obscene amount of bleach in there and then i pour an obscene amount of ammonia in there and then i put all of these other things in there the fumes were paralyzing i had to walk out of the Yes, I know, I should have never mixed those things, but again, I was not thinking clearly. I was completely freaking out. I walk out of the bathroom to get air because my eyes are watering and I'm seeing stars and I can't figure out up from down. And then I go in there with my handy dandy abrasive sponge and I get to scrubbing. And every time I start to see stars, I walk back out and I started that process all over again until I got a good scrub going. And I let it out. Woo! The tub is clean. Or at least you thought. Because in my mind, that kind of germs need at least two cleanings. At least. But three is where we stopped. So I did that same process two more times. Yes, the bleach. Yes, the ammonia. Yes to all of it. I emptied the entire gallon in that tub that night. And I went through the entire thing of ammonia. Everything. I, I seriously could not think straight. I got... That tub had to be the cleanest it has ever been in the existence of tubs. Like, there could not be a tub cleaner than that one. And I probably 
damage some brain cells in the process, but it was clean. We weren't going to have hand, foot, and mouth in my house because I didn't clean the tub after his nice little present. But then after I did all that and I walked downstairs and got some air because, you know, all those fumes you should not be inhaling consistently after three tub washes, I sat on the floor and I realized I had a new problem. How am I going to clean this child now? He's made it obvious that he's going to use the restroom in my tub. And I can't do this every day. And I can't let him be dirty. So now what? Yeah, that kept me up that night. I didn't sleep. It was probably for the best because all those fumes I inhaled, who knows if I would have woken up. But I had to come up with a solution to this because I was going to have to bathe him the next night. Now, what was one of my favorite times was now the moment I was truly, truly dreading. We, he went to school, I went to work, and it came time. And I made up in my mind this was not happening again. Problem? Max left me an extra present in the tub that I did not need. Solution? Pull-ups. Yes. That's it. I'll just put a diaper on him when I bathe him. I'll wash his, his parts separately. I, I, again, I didn't claim to be rational, but then I realized you can't put a regular pull-up in the tub because it'll be full of water and then you'll have a bigger problem because now you got wet pull-up in the, in the bathtub. So I got real smart, y'all. Swimming pull-ups. Yes, I did. And we had a set because we had gone swimming. So I just went in his room and got a swimming pull-up and put it on him before bath time. <laughs> um, and it worked. There were no presents left in the tub. I, um, Max's dad told me I was absolutely insane. But I told him, until you have to bathe him and he leaves you a present in there, you don't get to fight with me about this. My friends laughed at me for a while because I truly did that for a week because I was traumatized from that bleachable moment. I did not know when or if he was going to do it again. But then I found myself watching every little eyebrow raise and blink and move. Don't squat. Every time he went to reach for something in the tub, I was like, I'll get it. Like I didn't want any chance of him using the restroom in the tub again after two weeks of making him wear a swim diaper in the tub i finally got over it and it came with lots of lectures and laughs from everyone else but we survived <laughs> again i don't claim to be perfect or even close to perfect Slightly above average is giving me credit, but that was one of those moments that is etched in my memory forever. The commercial makes it seem all nice and funny, but when you're in your own life's bleachable moments, it can be one of the most traumatizing moments of your life. And if you're like me, your kid will be bathing in swim diapers for two weeks before you get over it.
in our parenting toolbox suggestion, I want to introduce you to the Story Crafters. They are Max's and I's favorite storytellers. And when I say their stories are engaging, often they involve these catchy tunes that you will enjoy as much as your little one. And when I say that, I am truly not exaggerating the truth. Max and I listen to the stories and all of the songs we sing along and we laugh and we talk about the lessons that are in there quite often. They are a storytelling duo that do storytelling performances all over the world. However, they do have downloadable CDs and MP3 files, which is what we have. We, I know CDs are kind of becoming obsolete, but I download them and I have them and I play them on my phone all the time when we're driving. Currently, we own three and we're ready to get our fourth. Max's favorite CD is More Classics with a Twist, specifically the story of Cabalito, which is a little bitty horse. And off of the Tales for All Seasons, he loves the Squash Vine, which is really one of my favorites as well. Um, my personal favorite CD of theirs is the Brothers Grimm, which has the story about the queen bee and the goats and the bear. And when I tell you every single story has a small lesson or gem that you can take away from it and discuss with your little ones, it, I, I mean, it really does. Now, I always told you that I would try to equate the cost of things to a large cup of fancy coffee because I feel like, what's life without great coffee? Um, this CD will cost you about one large cup of fancy coffee with flavor, which means it's, it's running about $10. But trust me, it is worth it. You will be able to play them over and over again and you and your little ones will enjoy it. Now, why am I suggesting the Storyteller CD? Um, the Story Crafter Storytelling CDs. There are so many benefits to children listening to stories. This is why it's recommended that you read to them 20 minutes a night, whether they're actually seeing the words or just hearing them. Two, a lot of things happen. One, it engages their imagination. With there being no pictures or words for them to read, children are forced to rely on their listening and comprehension skills, which go a long way academically. Two, they're exposed to a lot of words they can't read or decode independently, but because they're listening to it, they're learning how to use them in context. And third, and certainly not least, they are developing the skills to kind of sit, listen, and attend for extended periods of time. Now, the story crafters' stories range from about seven to 25 minutes, depending on the story. They have very short ones and a very long one on every CD. Now, being able to sit and listen to a single task between seven to 25 minutes, especially between the ages of three and eight, that is great because you're preparing them for those times where they have to sit in class and listen to their teacher's lecture and or test taking. Now, I know which stories I love, so I'm gonna play a little bit of the squash vine for you, right where the tune kind of picks up. Um, and I'd like to know what you think. So if you and your little ones grab a Story Crafter CD, please tell <laughs> Jerry and Barry Burns, yes, that is their name, they're the cutest couple, that 
uh, Max's mom sent you. And I really hope you enjoy the Story Crafters. Squash line until we reached Zachary sitting on that leaf. We grabbed two of the long squash tendrils that were growing out of that vine. We wrapped them around Zachary. We tied him in, kind of like a seatbelt, and then we just hung on for our dear lives. There really wasn't anything we could do about it because it grew and it grew and nobody knew just when that vine would stop. Oh, it grew and it grew and nobody knew if the big old squash would pop. You can look through the uh, wonderful array of CDs and stories that they have by visiting their CD store, which is store.cdbaby.com slash artist slash the story crafters. One word. Trust me, your little ones will enjoy it. We've played it for friends, kids when we've gotten stuck in traffic for a very long time and the car goes silent as they are engaged in the story until they learn the cute little songs and sing along. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. This week in Bonding with the Book, I would like to offer the book Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn for Kids by John C. Maxwell. Now, if your little ones are like mine, they see things and everything looks easy. And I can do that. I can do that. And of course, we want to encourage them to try things and we tell them that they're awesome. But sometimes they bite off a little more than they can chew or they're trying a sport for the first time or an activity for the first time and it doesn't come very easy to them. We found this book when Max was trying floor hockey. Um... When he was three, we would just try sports to keep him moving and get him busy. And some kids, it was really easy for. And for him, it was very, very difficult. And one day he had an epic meltdown. And we left and we went to the library and this book was on display. And in the book, there are two little kids that are trying a sport that should be very easy to them. And it does not go very well. And their grandfather sits them down for a little bit of wisdom. And the whole premise of the story is when we're not winning, we're learning. So yes, you may not win, you air, air quote lose, but in every loss, there's a lesson. And I think that that's a very valuable lesson to share with our children. I don't think that we should be encouraging them to lose, but I think we need to adjust their mindset for a growth mentality to take every loss as a moment to learn something. So my suggestion this week is Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn for Kids by John C. Maxwell. If you read it to your little ones, please tag us on at bonding with the book and or slide in the DMs and let me know how they responded and if it changed the way they view losing in any activity that they're doing. This episode of Adventures in Slightly Above Average Parenting is sponsored by Hey Girl Hey Health and Fitness. The mission of Hey Girl Hey Health and Fitness is to build a community of support and encouragement among women. At HGH, they advocate for self-care, health and fitness through knowledge, accountability, validation, and fun. Have an immersive experience and join the HGH Relax, Reset, and Recharge Women's Retreat in sunny Palm Springs, California, happening October 25th through the 27th. 
Women will unplug from their daily lives to be challenged, supported, and encouraged by dynamic guest presenters, hands-on workshops, fitness, fun, and so much more. Why? Because, hey girl, you deserve this. Visit heygirlfitness.com for more information. Remember, ladies, you deserve this. Thank you for making it to the very end of this week's adventure and slightly above average parenting life's bleachable moments. You can follow us on Instagram at slightly above average parenting and also on Facebook. If you are following our bonding with the book experience, you can follow that page also at bonding with the book on Instagram and Facebook. I want you to remember parents that We all have those moments. None of us are perfect. And like our book says, sometimes we win and sometimes we learn. And in this week's bleachable (laughs) moment, I did a lot of learning and a lot of laughing. I hope that this week is filled with great health and lots of laughs. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your little ones. And remember, they don't come with manuals. If you're starting with love, you're already ahead of everyone else. Have a wonderful week.